0: good morning good morning you are the chosen few congratulations you are here it is fabulous a lot of our folk were away it reminds me of the very first time I preached I was sent to this church in another part of Gravesend uh, there was five people there and I'd spent a whole week preparing for this message I'd It was my first message, I was really nervous and I'd spent the whole week on this, spent hours on this and I got there and there was five people in the front row. And so I preached, (laughs) it wasn't a Baptist church, they were in the front row. Um, And I preached and I preached my little socks off and I thought, no, I'm not going to let just five people, I've spent so long on this. And I preached and I preached and I preached. And do you know what happened at the end? All five of them got up and came to the front and gave their life to Jesus. No, they didn't. All five of them got up and walked out. Uh, And I just remembered that day and thinking, Lord, why on earth did I spend so long preparing for a sermon? Hold that thought. We'll come back to that. Uh, We are, what are we doing? We're growing. This year at City View, we're growing. And we long to see folk growing into the people that he's made you to be. Grow in your faith. Grow in prayer. Grow in patience. Grow in service and forgiveness. And grow in our relationship with Jesus. And we also want to see our people being bold, to grow in boldness, to do things out of the box, to step out of the boat, to do things that's going to stretch us and our faith. And one person that's doing that this year is Andre. Andre, run to the front. Don't keep these people waiting. Come and remind us what you are doing. Andre came and spoke with us a few weeks ago about something that he's doing ...that is going to stretch him and pull every muscle in his body. Andre, what are do you doing? I hope not every muscle yes. in my body. <laughs> Tell us what's going on. So
1: um, I'm doing the, the Ride to Conquer Cancer. Um, and it is a ride that's going to happen late August. And over two days, I'm going d- to do 100 kilometers both on the Saturday and the Sunday. So 200 kilometers over two days. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's a lot. Um, and so I've been trying to train for it. It is really hard when you've got a full life. Um, gang out and, and spending four hours on the bike, you know, in an evening is, is really not easy when there's baseball and all sorts of things, you know, happening. So I've been training. I haven't done as much as I, I'd like to. <laughs> um, and you can see... Oh, you know what? That that at least has has That's gone up a little. Slide. Is that, that that is an old slide. I I I could give you an update. Um, yes. I believe we're at seven hundred now. So I, I, I'm a little further, but I still need to to raise a whole bunch of cash. Um, as for what I've done riding this month or since the last update, which was um, end of March, I believe. Probably. Uh, so I've. I've done 267 kilometers since then. It's not a lot, <laughs> really, <laughs> when you're thinking that's, that's, you know, that that's pretty much what I'm going to have to do on that weekend. <laughs> um, but uh, I did get, uh, get out with a ride, uh, with a club and, and did a ride. Did 60K up through the C- Seymour Demonstration Forest. Gorgeous ride. I, in fact, I recommend if you want to walk or want to go do a bike ride, do that because it's nice and clear there's no cars it's it's pretty it's not too hilly mostly (laughs) um so yeah 60k is the longest so far working on it um uh and and i've been trying to think you know uh, i noticed that uh, somebody in the club has suggested that um Maybe some of us do the the, um, Canadian popular ride on Canada Day, which I believe is 100K or 150K if you really want to do it. I don't know. (laughs) We'll see uh, how bold I am. (laughs) Okay.
0: Well, that's great. Thank you. I think we need to keep praying for Andre, keep encouraging Andre in this. Uh, He is raising money for cancer. Every one of us in some way, I assure you, has been touched by cancer either personally or someone that we know. Uh, And so it's a great cause, and let's encourage Andre. That's the website that you can go on if you want to pledge uh, some money. Uh, And let's, uh, yeah, let's keep encouraging uh, Andre because he's really stepping out in this. Okay, so, yeah, and I love seeing people step out, pushing the boundaries, taking risks, being bold. But what does it mean to be bold? How do we know when we're being bold? Let me give you an illustration to help you understand what I mean by being bold. This is purely hypothetical. This will never happen. But what if I agree to do a free fall from a plane at 10,000 feet? Never going to happen. Never, ever going to happen. But what if it, uh, it did? What if I... Let me, let's pretend. Let's pretend. Now, for weeks leading up to the jump, I am going to be doing all the classes. I'm going to learn how to do it. I'm going to pass all the tests. And I'm going to learn what to do in case my parachute doesn't open. All of these emergency things. I've done all of that. I tell my family and all my friends... That I'm doing it. I might even write a blog every day about how I'm going to do it. Okay? And I've done all that. And then on the day, I, get, I drive to the airfield, get to the airfield. I pick up all the equipment. I get the final briefing. I get onto the plane. We take off. And we get to the right place and the altitude. And I watch as others jump out of the plane. And then it's my turn. And at that moment, I decide I'm not going to do it. So I padlock myself to the plane and swallow the key. Now, at what moment, at what point during this whole endeavor was I being bold? Well, probably not at any point. I wasn't being bold at all. Why? Because I didn't do it. I didn't follow through and jump out of the plane. I talked a good game. I talked the talk, but I didn't walk the walk. You see, boldness means obeying and actually doing it. Being bold means stepping out of the plane and falling 10,000 feet. That's being bold, not the talking about it beforehand. And that's what I want to look at on this, our last week, looking at boldness. I want to look at bold obedience. Bold obedience. Now, listen, I believe that God wants to speak to many of us here about bold obedience speak to us about obeying and doing. And I think he might speak to that through what we're doing now. He might speak to that through the songs. He might just, as you're sitting quietly, mention it to you. And I pray that God will surprise some of us here this morning. You might not be thinking about being boldly obedient this morning. That might be the Furthest thing from your mind. When you walk through that door this morning, you're not thinking about that. Well, my prayer this morning is that God will slap you. He will slap you around the face and say, Hey, buddy boy, this is for you. Or buddy girl, this is for you. So be alert. The world needs alerts. Be alert. Be expectant. And uh, one thing I want to say is that bold obedience will unleash a new life in you, an exciting life in you. It will, I promise you, give you an amazing rush if you're boldly obedient to what God calls you to do. You won't need any of that funny smoking stuff you will get a rush through being boldly obedient. And I want to look at uh, that in a passage in the book of Acts that uh, illustrates that truth. We've been looking in Acts. If you haven't been with us, let me just give you the quick context for the uh, text today in Acts. We're in chapter 5. And the apostle Peter and John were being bold. They're telling everyone about Jesus, who he was, What he had done through his death and and his rising from the dead. And as we saw last week, they, they couldn't help it but talk about Jesus. They were healing people with the power of the Holy Spirit. And the religious people didn't like it. And they arrested them and beat them and said, stop it. You. But they couldn't. They couldn't stop themselves. And they didn't. And so the religious authorities were in a pickle. And that's where we get to. Uh, if, you, if you're if you in the Bible already, Acts 5, we're just going to read a few verses from uh, verse 17. So 517. Okay, so the religious authorities have said, don't do this, don't do this, and they carry on doing it. Then the high priest and all his associates who were members of the party of the Sadducees were filled with jealousy because all these guys were getting their attention. They arrested the apostles again and put them in jail again. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. And the angel said, go stand in the temple courts and tell the people the full message of this new life. And so at daybreak, uh, they entered the temple courts as they had been told and began to teach the people there. Just a few verses. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to walk through this passage, and we're going to watch as these apostles boldly obey... And they didn't just talk the talk, they walked the walk. And I want to show you three principles quickly that you will experience if you boldly obey. First one is this. Bold obedience isn't always popular. Verse 17 and 18, it says, Then the high priests and all those associated with the Sadducees were filled with jealousy. They didn't like these guys getting all the attention. And so what did they do? They arrested them. And they threw them in jail. Now, if you're keeping track, this is the second time that they'd been in jail in a very short period of time. It was becoming a habit. In their calendar... It was part of their daily routine. You know, get up, have breakfast, speak about Jesus, go to jail. That was their daily routine. That's what was happening. And the religious leaders said, look, be quiet. You can't speak about Jesus. And the apostles said, well, hang on. Are we going to listen to you or are we going to listen to God? Basically, who are we going to obey? And they obeyed their God, which really ticked. which led to their arrest again. You see, bold obedience isn't always popular. But surely obeying God should lead to good times, shouldn't it? Well, no, not always, and don't call me Shirley. You see, this is a very... This is a very... Common misconception for most Christians. You know, if we think we, we obey God, we're in tune with him uh, and his desires for our life, then everything is going to be hunky-dory. And we're upset when it doesn't work out. You know, it was easy, I think, for Peter and John to think this. You know, Lord, we're being great followers of you. We're doing what you're telling us to do. And then we're getting thrown into jail, and people don't like us. It's not fair. Surely we deserve a bit of a break here. And maybe we feel like that sometimes. Lord, you know, I give you a lot. I go to church, I I look interested during the sermon. I I give some money to the church. I I help old ladies across the road. For goodness sake, I recycle. You know I'm I'm being good and trying to obey you, but you know what? My life sucks. And and people are being mean to me. You know that's it's not fair. Give me a break. Plenty of times I've thought that. Maybe you're thinking that right now. The reality is, though, when you boldly obey God, you will more than likely face opposition. Why? Because often obeying God goes against the world's way of thinking. It goes against how the world operates. It doesn't make any worldly sense you want to do what that's crazy man you think about down through history William Wilberforce the guy who set about abolishing slavery how was he treated when he said you know what this whole economic system where we have all these slaves that uh, that uh, we demean and they work under us do you know what shall we just get rid of that system now? Are you serious? What about Martin Luther King? You know, how about we treat black people as equal? <laughs> really? Are you serious? Yeah, I am. Because sometimes obeying God goes against the world's way of thinking. And we need to choose and decide whether we're obeying God or whether we're obeying the world. So bold obedience isn't always popular. You need to know that. Second thought. Bold obedience releases God to do amazing things. When you obey you can expect God to show up and do something amazing. Look at verse 19. It says, "But so they're in jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. I love this. Now, if you remember, Luke is writing Acts. Luke's a physician. And it's all matter of fact, isn't it? No emotion, no big setup, just the facts. It sounds more like he should have been an accountant or something like that. You know, just no emotion there at all. Peter and John were doing a cash flow analysis, followed by a double entry bookkeeping, and oh yeah, boy, an angel came and opened the door. To Luke, this was no big deal. Why? Because. When we walk in obedience, we shouldn't be surprised when God does something amazing. We should almost expect God to work and work in amazing ways. Now, I'm not saying that nothing will go wrong. They were in prison. That was bad. But in the middle of the bad day, the provision of God through an angel showed up. When you walk in obedience of God, you shouldn't be surprised when God comes through. Now, here's the point. Our job in all of this is just to be obedient. What God does in and through that obedience is totally up to him. Let me say that again. Our job is just to be obedient. What God does in and through our obedience is up to him. So we shouldn't spend time trying to work out why God is calling us to do something. We should just do it. However silly and however small and insignificant it might seem to us. Because you never know what God is going to do with that. Let me give you a... A silly illustration. When I was a first new Christian, I was about 21, 22 years old. I went to church. I was worshipping and singing, and I looked across the church, and there was a lady that I didn't know very well. She was older and obviously had a bit of a rough life. And and as we were uh, worshipping, I just... God gave me this burden for her and I felt like and I'd never had this before but I felt like God was saying give her the money that's in your wallet give her the money that's in your wallet and I'm thinking is that God speaking or is that Or is that Satan? Is Satan trying to tempt me? And I thought, well, no, of course not, because Satan wouldn't tempt me to be generous. Anyway, and and so I tried to dismiss it, and it wouldn't go away. And so I thought, I'd better look see how much money I've got in my wallet. And so I took my wallet out, and all I had in there was five pounds. five pounds in my wallet. service went on. God just kept saying to me, give her the money that's in your wallet. And so anyway, at the end of the service, I went up to her and I was a new Christian I was, I said, look, I'm really sorry. I know this sounds really weird, but I just think that God's told me to give you the money that, that's in my wallet. Here's the five-pack. And she looked at it. And she looked at me. And then she looked at it again. She looked at me, and she burst out crying. And her arms went up in the air, and she said, Thank you, Lord. And I'm wondering, what on earth has gone on here? Has the Lord multiplied this five pounds, and now it's 5,000 or something like that? And, uh, and I thought, oh, okay, fine. So I left her, and I started to walk away, and she grabbed hold of me, and she said, um, Don't go away. You've got to hear this. She said, This morning before, uh, when I woke up, me and the kids we really wanted to come to church but I had no money I only had enough petrol in my car to get me to church and I heard God say to me don't worry I'll provide when you get there and you were the one who provided for me and then wow and then a friend of mine came up to me and said hey do you want to go for lunch and I said look I'm sorry I'm I'm out of money He said, Don't worry, I'll pay. I'll pay. And he took me out for lunch. I got an eight pound lunch from a five pound gift. Amazing what God does. Fast forward a, a number of years, the same thing happened in a service. I saw this guy, and God said, Give him the money that's in your wallet. And I opened up my wallet, and it was when I was in Canada, actually. And I had $100 in there. And I thought, is this Satan again? Is this, is this God? And do you know what? I didn't give that guy $100. And ever since then, I'm wondering, what was God wanting to do in that guy's life? What blessing was he looking to give me uh, if I'd done that? I didn't do it. I wasn't obedient. You see, it's not up to us what the result is. When I preached to those five people, I was being obedient. I don't know what happened to them. Maybe... Maybe one of them became a missionary and saved thousands of lives overseas. I don't know. But that's not up to me. My job is just to be obedient. And that's what God's calling us to do. Okay, because then he does amazing things when we're obedient. Okay, so bold obedience, it's not popular. It does release God to do amazing things. And lastly, bold obedience requires faith and trust what did God tell these apostles to do what did the angel tell these apostles to do well it says in verse 20 go stand in the temple courts he said and tell the people all about this new life so at daybreak they went to the temple courts as they've been told and began to teach the people now in case you weren't paying attention Basically what the angel is saying, go back and do what has got you thrown into jail twice for doing. I mean, let's be honest. Go back and do what the people who have the power and authority to take your life, go back and do what they told you never, ever, 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 ever to do again and go and do it. Now you see, that obedience is going to take some faith, isn't it? You see, when God prompts you to do something, it's usually going to take some faith. You may be like me. You know, if God tells me to do something, I say, Lord, thank you for the opportunity. It's always good to be grateful. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to obey you. But I actually need a few more details before I do it, if you don't mind. Give me some details. And I guarantee you, God will often turn into Jack Nicholson at this point. And he's going to say, details? You can't handle the details. Because if I told you everything, you wouldn't do it. Bold obedience requires faith and trust. Why? Why? Because often what God calls us to do and obey is not on the surface very sensible. Actually, it's worse than that. You see the word bold has a lot of similarities with another word. It's this word, dumb. Here's what you do. You take bold, you write it backwards, the lob, and you swap out the middle letters, and you get dumb. Clever, eh? So here's what you do. So instead of bold obedience, we often say, well, that's just dumb obedience, because that's what it might look like to us, it's dumb. Watch this. I'm really pleased with this. Hang on. But to turn dumb into bold, you need to turn it around. And you get the mud. Stay with me. And you need to believe and trust that our Lord is in it. O-L equals our Lord. Did you see what I did there? Wow. That took me a whole grande latte to figure out. It's true though, isn't it? Bold obedience sometimes look like dumb obedience. And it is dumb unless you have our Lord in it. Have you ever done anything dumb for God? (laughs) Have you ever obeyed God when it seemed the least sensible thing to do? If you did, then you're actually in great company. Because when you think about it, Scripture is littered with God telling people to do dumb things. It came to a man in a desert. Think Saskatchewan. Miles away from the sea. And he says, you know what? Can you build a boat? A big one in your backyard. A big one for all the animals of the earth. Why Why a boat? Sounds a bit dumb. Yeah, but, but Noah. Will you, will you show bold obedience and will you do it for me? And then he came to a guy who had been looking after some sheep for 40 years because he had to flee from a city because he had murdered a guy there and he was wanted. And God tells him, look, I know you stutter. I know you have this whole speech impediment thing going on. And I, actually, I know that you're wanted for murder back in this place. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to go back to that city. And I want you to go up to the king and make a speech. And tell him that he needs to let my people go. And Moses is going to say, that is the dumbest idea I've ever heard. And God says,
1: yeah, I know.
0: But will you show bold obedience and do it for me? And then there was another shepherd boy that we looked at a couple of weeks ago, skinny as a rake. Turn him sideways, you couldn't see him. The one who would, who would always be the before photo in any of the, the bodybuilder ads, that's this guy. God comes to him and says, I want you to fight for me. And I want you to fight the biggest, meanest, ugliest, nine-foot-tall, 350-pound man you've ever seen. A man so ruthless that he makes Mike Tyson look like Julie Andrews. But don't worry, because I'm going to give you weapons. I'm going to give you a sling and five stuns. And David's going to say, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. You're definitely one one sandwich short of a pig. That's a dumb idea," and he said, "Yeah, I know it is. But David, will you show bold obedience and will you do it for me?" And then there were the disciples; they were panicking. Jesus had just finished speaking to five thousand men and about five thousand women and children. There's about ten thousand people there, and someone's forgotten to order the subway. No food. Folks were getting restless. Their stomachs were empty. What are we going to do, Jesus? And Jesus says, you know what? Go to that young boy over there and ask for his lunch. I'll use that to feed all these people. But, but Jesus, all he's got in there is a few half-eaten tuna sandwiches. And Jesus says, don't worry. I can use that to feed these 5,000 people. And the disciples are going, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Jesus said, yeah, I know it is, isn't it? But will you show obedience and do it for me? And then there was a small church in Vancouver with a big heart who wanted to reach out to the wider community with the love of Jesus. And they sensed God calling them to redevelop their land and, their, and with a new building to better serve the community and maybe to have some affordable housing Um, that would model what it means to be a Christ-centered community. The whole process is going to take years, and it would probably mean us raising millions of dollars. (laughs) That is the dumbest idea ever. And God says, yeah, I know it is. But will you show bold obedience? And will you do it for me? Take each step along the way. You see, on the surface, bold obedience might seem like a dumb idea. But add O-L. Oh well. Have faith in him and it makes all the difference. So has God slapped you around the face yet? Has he spoken to you quietly yet? What's he calling you to do? How is he calling you to boldly obey? You know, maybe for some of you here, he's, calling, he's been calling you to do it for some time, but you've just ignored him. Maybe he's calling you to give your life to him. You've never done that before. You've never been that bold. But you've got to the point where you say, Lord, I cannot do this life on my own. I I really can't. I'm struggling big time. Will, Will you come and will you be with me and will you help me? Maybe that's what he's calling you to do. Maybe he's telling you to, I don't know, call a friend or a family member who you've fallen out with. Oh, you really don't want to do that, Lord. It's a dumb idea. He said, yeah. Maybe that's how you need to boldly obey. Maybe he's just giving you the urge to give someone some money. Maybe... A new job, maybe it's a new ministry, maybe it's I don't know what it could be for you. Maybe it's that something you're thinking, that's a dumb idea, Lord. And he's saying, Yeah, but will you do it for me? Allow me to do amazing things through and in you because of. Father, I want to thank you that there are people here that need to hear those words this morning. I don't know who it is, Lord, but I I know there are people here that need to hear those words, that you're calling them to boldly obey you. Father, I want to pray for those people that are not in a relationship with you. Lord, that, who don't know you. They want to know you. They, they, they so desperately need something. Lord, would you convict them now? Would you come into their hearts now and help them to boldly obey, boldly accept you into their lives? To boldly follow you. Lord, for those of us who are struggling with maybe some direction in our life, Maybe we're struggling with knowing where to go or what to do. Lord, and we've dismissed the the bold option. Lord, if that's the way you want us to go, Father, let us know. Even if it seems a dumb idea, give us the boldness to do it. Lord, I do pray that you would speak into our hearts now. And whatever it is you want us to do or want to say to us, Lord, that we would obey you. And then stand back and watch you do amazing things in our life and in the lives of those around us. Thank you. Thank you for your love for us. In Jesus' name.